Hello, everyone. In the dark. See you there. Um, right. Um, we're going to talk today about the market uh, conditions that junior miners find themselves in. And um, the pleasure of catching up with Jeremy earlier today to talk about how he's um, tackling it. Um, so, Jeremy, why don't we do a little introduction? Tell, tell everyone who you are, what you do. Thanks, Matt. My name is Jeremy Wythe. I'm president and CEO of Treasury Metals, a uh, explorer and developer in northwestern Ontario. Right. Okay. We're going we're gonna to talk. We've got to talk about this because a lot of CEOs in the same position as you. This market shakeout happening at the moment. I think there's a few CEOs quite nervous. Um, some marginal projects which are perhaps. Well, you know, going to struggle a little bit if they want to raise money, and then there are going to be some stories which have, you know, slightly stronger fundamentals. And I want to kind of focus on the things which you can control, obviously, because you can't control market conditions, and you know how you get through this. So, I mean, are you concerned at all about the position you find yourself in, Matt? I think it would be unrealistic to say we're not concerned. Um, the, the things that we do control, though, are the things that we need to focus on. So I think where you look at a risk profile for a company in our position or in our peer group, it's how do you um, take those risks and minimize them? And you know, if you look at um, their projects that are very, very logistically challenged, their projects like ours that are right on the Trans-Canada Highway. So for me, that is a big positive for us. Um, there are a lot of people right now with the markets that have closed that are looking to raise money. We're in the fortunate position that earlier this year, we raised 20 million US with a, a royalty with Sprott. So we're actually funded through to a construction decision. Um, we've seen recently that the markets are, or the the environment for hiring people is becoming really tough. Although the markets are down, there's a lot of work happening and it's become very competitive. And if we look at it in the last 18 months, we've managed to pull together a really, really strong team of people that have built and operated mines. So am I concerned? Yes, but I think if I look at the, the puzzle pieces and how they fit together for us, I'm feeling a lot more comfortable that we're well positioned compared to our peer group. Right, but help me from an investor's perspective, right? So help me understand what I need to be looking at and how to interpret those, those variables. Because it, it strikes me that um, th there's a lot of white noise out there. There's a lot of companies uh, asking for money and you know, talking to investors on a daily basis saying, you know, look at us, we're, we're, we're the ones to look at. What's the new reality now in a you know environment which is rife with inflation across the board? We've got you know the sanctions um, being imposed on R Russia because of the Ukraine situation having a huge knock-on effect in terms of supply chains, and you guys are kind of bearing the brunt of it. So, if I'm an investor, what type of companies do I look at in this environment? Because it doesn't seem like it's going to change anytime soon. I think if, you, if you're looking at companies that have done studies prior to COVID um, and are now seeing that major inflationary impact as a result of COVID, I think that is a risk. Again, we did ours in the middle of COVID, so we've already built in some of that um, impact. 
Um, I'm actually more concerned about supply chain than I am about the inflationary costs are going to hit us. We understand that. I think the important thing is to, to look at a, at least a three-year rolling average rather than go to a knee-jerk reaction of we have to use today's diesel price and we have to use today's equipment price. I think we're going to see, for us, we're going to probably need to place initial orders on long lead items earlier than we've ever done before because of delivery timeframes. Um, I think if you look at risk, um, the previous project I built was a lot further north in northern Ontario at the end of a 400 kilometer winter road. And conservatively, 60% of that project was logistics. So in this case, we don't have that logistics thing. So I think if people are looking at how they de-risk it, it's how do you take the risk and the complexity out of a project um, and try and package it in a way that you can get more items under your control? But that's, well, hang on. That, that, I, get, I get that in terms of the simplicity as well, but there's a kind of um, financial component. I, you don't have to pay for that infrastructure. I guess that's is that what you're pointing to. Sure. I think if you're looking, you know, if you're building a 400 kilometer winter road and you have to move material up nine months ahead of that, put it in lay down areas and then transport it over a six week period to get it to your mine site. And a lot of remote mines do that. It's standard practice in Northern Ontario. Um, but that adds risk because if you have a slightly warmer winter and you don't get six weeks, you get four weeks on the road. Right you can lose at least a year on that process. Whereas we do lose the odd day on the Trans-Canada Highway or on the rail, but it's so different. It's a, it's a completely different setup where you can, most of the equipment at the moment traveling up to the mines in the region actually go past our site. Right, okay. I want to, I want to keep pushing you on this one because I think there's a, there's a whole investor audience who kind of came into this in 2020 and thought, oh, this is quite easy. Everyone's getting funded. All, all uh, equities are going up. I'm making an that killing here. I think the first half of 21 was pretty similar. And then the sort of dawning realization of sort of hit towards the end of 2021. And we're saying this, this year has been no picnic either. Um, what, what, coming back to it, what, what, I, what do I need to look at? What, what more is important? Uh, so what, what, are, what are the more important factors that I need to be looking at to say, this company will make it, my investment, well, may not, may not be as meteoric, but it'll be a steady, accretive growth and therefore a safe investment. I think look at whether what is being presented is realistic. Because I think uh, you see a lot of people that have timelines that, you know, to permit a mine in our region is two years and to build it is two years. So if you're being told right. that it's going to be done in two years when you're only at a federal environmental assessment, then I would question that. Um, I think anyone that's going to the markets today and trying to raise money is going to have, it's either going to be extremely detrimental to the shareholders with dilution or the markets might not even tolerate it. So, you know, is, is the project funded? Does it have the team in place that can actually take it forward? Because if it doesn't, now, I would argue that they're going to battle to bring that team in with the competition. Um, where do they sit in the permitting and the community side? Uh, all of those are important. Typically, these projects are not, 
the critical path of these projects is not technical. It's typically the community and the permitting. So how advanced is that? Um, and then infrastructure and logistics, I think to me is, is, a, is a risk that is often, if you're gonna lose a year in a project, it's probably due to logistics. It, well, and also the cost of money, I think, is coming to be quite important because I, I like companies that you know, can f try, well, try to foresee what's happening in the economy and time the raising of capital appropriately. We've, we've seen a few, we've approached on a few private placements recently, and by the time the paperwork's done, they're 20% under. So I'm, I'm now paying a premium for something which had a 10-day VWAP of a very different number. And that, that tells me a lot. Um, because the company in a very precarious and difficult position, um, now because they're potentially cash constrained, because I'm not quite sure you know, why anyone would want to pay a 20% premium in this market. Um, what, what do you read into companies raising money right now? Should they hunker down and not bother um, and come up with another narrative about how they're moving the, the, the project forward on other, on other fronts which don't involve spending lots of money? Or should they get on with it? Uh, in my opinion, you know, right now, the things you can control are the work you do on, on engineering. If you fund it, my, my argument would be keep going because when things do pick up, you don't want to be six months behind and then you don't know what the markets will do in the following six months. So for me, if you have the funding and you have the team in place um, and you can move forward, um, I would argue strongly that you do that. You take it, you, you, you execute the areas that you control and you take it through that process. I think you mentioned the shakeout. I think we're gonna see a lot of projects that have a high risk profile that are actually gonna to get to the point where they might need to stop. And I think for, and, and obviously I'm biased, but I think for our project, we have a lot of those puzzle pieces in place. And if we are seeing a shakeout, I would see that as potentially being positive for us because it allows, there's gonna be a, a limit on the, the, the money that's out there, the capital that can come in. And if, if we see the shakeout putting others on hold, it, it, for us, I think it would be positive that we should be in a better position to raise. I agree with you. I think it's good news. Less white noise um, out there and the, the, the less able projects need to be shaken out every now and again. Um, there appears to be a new reality happening here. And I think the, the, the juniors are understanding that and seeing that. Some are fearful because it means their economic studies are no longer valid and you know, they've suddenly gone from a good project to a marginal project. That's tough, having you know, spent a lot of time and effort uh, getting to where they are. Do investors need to recognize this? Because I, I think, I'm not sure at the moment the companies are getting um, credit uh, where it's due and I'm not sure that um, investors understand the fact that there's a 20, 30% hike in costs to get into production. Matt, I think the thing that a lot of developers are being um, tarred with at the moment is some of the blowouts that we've seen. And unfortunately for us, quite a few of those are in Ontario, in Northern Ontario. Mm. And the developer space at the moment, people are looking at it and saying, you know, we've seen blowouts as high as 100%. So, I get asked questions, is your CapEx times two or times three? And that's the expectation. And I think um, 
it, it's almost good that if there's going to be blowouts, they must get it over with and move on because I think the market is tarnish, is, is reading that into other projects that are in the pipeline at the moment. And um, there is inflationary pressure, there is the war, there is sanctions, there are supply chain issues. But I think also importantly is how aggressive have the studies been done? You know, we've actually chosen to go quite conservative on our studies for a reason, that you have the opportunity to challenge it and, and improve it on both, both the cost side and the revenue side. Um, but, you know, is it going to be a difficult six to 12 months? Yes, it is. I think it's going to be difficult for everyone. And I think those that need to raise money over the next six to 12 months are going to be the ones that are going to face the most difficult. Okay, talk to me about gold price. I'm not going to get you to predict the gold price. I don't want to hear gold 3,000. <clears> but there has been, um, well, I think developers are doing quite well. Lovely, lots of cash coming in. Uh, sorry, the producers are doing quite well, money, money coming in. Um, developers are quite close to that, and they, they hopefully get their re-rates in the market at some point. It ain't now. Um, 1850 gold, are you happy with that as a developer? Um, would you be happy with that as an explorer? Do you see any benefit, or do you need that price to be slowly creeping up and doing the heavy lifting for you? I think in the market that we're in, it would be, I mean, if you find anyone that says they're happy with it and they, they don't want to see it go up, I'd be surprised. But I think with the inflationary pressures, um, we put out a study 15 months ago at $1,600 gold. Um, since then, we've seen pressure on exchange rate. We've seen pressure on fuel. We've seen pressure on steel. We've seen pressure on a whole range of items. So you don't want to be going through a pipeline where you're seeing value eroded as you move forward. So for me, um, we're starting to see now that people are running studies probably 650 to 1650 to 1700 gold, which you know is $100 higher than I ran it 15 months ago. So that's positive. Um, we can't control the exchange rates. We can't control the other things. So I think long answer to your question, I think we'd always like to see it continue to go up. Uh, a lot of the indicators are showing that it should, but there just seems to be every time it breaks 1850, there seems to be something that pulls it back. Yeah, it's like the rules, um, normal rules don't apply anymore. I haven't done for the last couple of years, uh, for honest yeah. about that one. Um, so let, let's, let's talk about money, back, back to money, because that's the, that's the driver for you guys, pre-production, pre that's the driver for you guys. You've gone to Sprout and you've done a, a, a well, the royalty streaming uh, structure. You, for how have you structured that? Because you've got to get quite creative here, here, or people think, oh, you're giving me all the future upside. So what did you do? We, we actually went out to a, almost 20 companies to look at it. We got eight or 10 back into our data room, and we had four offers. And we chose the deal that, and it was with Sprott, that had the highest value, but also very, very importantly to us, we don't believe that we've even scratched the surface on our resource. So upside, as you mentioned, was a big one for us. So we have a step down at 1.5 million ounces, it steps down to half. And then we have a buyback to buy back half as well over a period. So what's that net out of? 
we can net we can take this down to 0.55. So from a 2.2%, we can go down to 0.55, which to me gives you the value from the um, uh, you, you're not giving away on that upside, which is one of the biggest criticisms. Um, it, it also gives you money up front, which, which allows us, the extra money allows us to go all the way to a construction decision rather than having to get halfway through and raising more. Well, see, this is the interesting thing about your model that, well, I'm intrigued by it anyway, um, which is you seem to be sort of counter the normal Canadian model of keep drilling to the edge of the envelope and work out how big this thing gets. You seem keen to get to an uh, investment decision in a relatively short period of time, yet at the beginning of this uh, conversation, you're talking about these things all take time. You know, mining is it's a tough business. You know, things go wrong. You've got to factor that in and you've got to do things the right way. But wh why are you rushing to that investment decision? When we brought the two projects together, for the first time, we achieved critical mass. And for me, that's a million ounces, 100,000 a year in 10 years. So we've achieved, in fact, we've exceeded that and I'm pretty comfortable we'll, we'll improve on that in the PFS that will come out in the second half of the year. So I really don't see the value in delaying this much more. With the markets the way, it are, way they are, raising money to drill and increase this resource now is so dilutive to shareholders. Whereas, and, and I've worked on mines that have had a 10-year life of mine for 10 years. You add what you deplete each year and you do it out of cash flow. So there are lots of different models. The issue is, do you have that critical mass? And we do. So for us, it's not a matter of take off the explorer's hat now, let's go down the development route, but keep the exploration going. And our focus right now is pure exploration targets. So it's not infill drilling to try and increase. And a lot of the drilling we're doing now actually won't make it into the FS, right? the but, PFS or the I've got to talk to you about, because um, that's been your plan for a while, right? Since you certainly came on board and had, you know, picked up, well, inherited the, the situation you did. That's been your plan. The market is the new factor in here. Costs are changing. So are you going to have to adapt? Is that agility required? Or is it, do you think you can be stick to the original plan? You know, in order to, I think in order to get a decent re-rate on this, I think um, getting permits in place would be very valuable. In order to get the permits in place, I need to do the engineering and I need to work with the community. So I, I don't see the, op the option now of shutting everything down and waiting. Um, we funded, I see us, the, the best route for us is to take this forward. But something's got to give on the cost, right? What, are you thinking in the future that they're going to improve? Or? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm thinking right, right now. You, you've, you know, you've, raised, you've raised some money recently, but your original deal looked like it, or your original plan looked like it did. It looked, you would have costed that out. And right now, money's expensive, markets are tight, and you don't know what's going to happen next. So I'm not saying, do you hunker down? Because you're, you're saying absolutely not. But do you have to like cut other parts of the program out or back? You, or? You don't take shortcuts, but I think what you need to do is do the work that needs to be done to get you to a construction decision. You could take a decision to construct and then, you know, if the markets are not there to support moving forward, then you have to reevaluate. But I think the next major milestone for us is to actually 
continue with what we can control. Okay. I'd love to carry on this conversation, but we've run out of time. And Joanne is a very strict paymaster. So um, thanks for your time today. Um, Excellent. Hopefully, well, unfortunately, we haven't been able to ask some of the questions. Many questions have been sent in. Perhaps um, those, you'll respond to those people separately um, after this. Excellent. Thank you again. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thanks, Matt. Thank you.